And now, The Fine Print with Attorney Jen Rout. Hi, and welcome to The Fine Print with Attorney Jen Rout. I am Attorney Jen Rout, and with me, as always, is my stingy sidekick, Ben Needenbaugh. See, I like that, the the alliteration, the stingy sidekick. That's, yeah, that's, stingy. It's good writing. Did mm-hmm. you did you come up with that ahead of time? Yeah, that's my marketing skills right yes, there. Perfect. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. <laughs> excellent. Hi, how are you? <laughs> good. How are you today? I'm excellent. I'm excellent. We're ignoring our guest at the moment. We are. <laughs> pretending just like this is happening between you and I at yeah, the moment. Yeah, we're being so. rude. How's this things? is the same thing when I <laughs> sit hey, down hey, with hey, a couple. Not, <laughs> not, not until your turn, please. All right? oh. <laughs> that's terrible. That's that's terrible. Yes. <laughs> Please introduce. Yes, today we have a guest, my dear friend, John Grolo. He is a financial advisor with Thrivent. So tell us a little bit about what you do and all of that good stuff. So like you said, Jen, I am a financial advisor, also a financial planner with Thrivent Financial. Um, our goal, our mission is to help our members be wise with their money so they can live generously, which creates stronger families and stronger communities. Oh, so Ben being stingy, we need to work on him a bit? Maybe. We could. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> That's terrible. All right, That's so part of the reason for having you come in today is because we are in that going into the holiday season, which is a big oh, time God, we to... we are, aren't we? They're coming soon. <sighs> oh. Yeah almost november black friday shopping yeah. starts tomorrow doesn't it something like that something i don't know yeah. i don't participate as, so, as somebody who, who lived in the retail world for a long time i avoid black friday like okay I so apologize. clearly yeah. neither of them know when black friday really is so versus the person who's on the other side of the counter at black friday right <laughs> no i don't go out on that day you nuts that is my decorating you get day. up first thing in the morning do a bunch of bath salts and go out to black friday and have yourself a good time right <laughs> Decorating day. Oh, right. right. And cookie day. I know cookie day is a big day. Well, yeah. it's not even a day. It's like a week Weekend, for your family. Yeah, that's true. Ooh, yeah. Cookie day. Oh, oh my goodness. Their cookies are ridiculous. Yeah. I keep hoping professionally I might get a tray of cookies. As oh, like a, yeah, you haven't had one in a while. No, I have not. We for, haven't in Oh, 18 years or so. Oh, yeah. it has not been quite that long since you didn't have a cookie tray. From I've you. never had a cookie tray. 1999, you had a cookie tray. That Christmas. Does she remember stuff like that all the she, time? You would not believe, dude. Seriously. She she remembers things that... I don't remember what I had for breakfast. Partially it's because I didn't breakfast. eat breakfast. But I still. only do because I ate it on my way over here. Whatever. Okay, so it is the season of generosity. It is also the season when we can do some planning that helps everybody financially and allows you to be generous. So, it's a great time to talk to someone like John. So, John, what do we need to know about charitable giving? So, I think the first thing, kind of some myths about charitable giving is you have to have a lot of money. Um, You know, everyone's like, oh, I don't have enough money to give any away. And uh, if you think about, think small to start with, charitable giving doesn't have to be these big grants that you always hear about. Oh, Mm -hmm. someone donated a wing to the hospital. Uh, I have a feeling... That's when I do all of my charity giving, is donating wings to hospitals. Right. To the mouse hospital, like the... (laughs) I see what you did there, John. Don't appreciate it. uh, And it's scale. (laughs) It's scale for every individual. Um, When I talk about charitable giving, it's not always financially. It's time, talent, and or treasures. Um, 
And that's where when we look at different things, uh, some of the things we talk about with charitable giving are just having a plan for your giving. You know, the one most people know of is in your church. Every Sunday you write a check and you put it in the offering plate. And people forget some days. And that's where with charitable giving, sometimes we just say, make it an automatic payroll deduction. Make it a budget item. Mm. Mm -hmm. That way you know it's going to happen. There's a lot of great organizations. They are more than happy to do a deduction from your paycheck for your charitable giving. Okay. All right. Um, So I'd say that's really the first thing. The second thing was something that I kind of uh, hinted on, and it's time and talent as well, besides Mm -hmm. your treasures. Um, You know, one of the most famous conversations I ever had when I was getting started is I told that story. My job's help you be wise with your money so you can live generously. I'm not giving my money away. And I was like, and I, I kind of stepped back because I'm really new. And I'm like, why are you looking at me? Because I called you, you stingy. Go, hmm. <laughs> I called you judgy. stingy. I'm yeah, judging yeah. today. He's very generous. He's tolerating he you today. I yeah. know. He, he is patient beyond measure. You just don't know. <laughs> and we had a conversation. Totally not true. <laughs> <laughs> this gentleman and I, we sat down and I said, well, if you didn't have to worry financially, if you retired, had all the money you needed, you knew you had all the money money you needed would you do anything differently and he said well i've always wanted to work on elderly individuals cars because they go to the mechanics and they say you need a new flux capacitor here's five thousand dollars i'll fix it overnight for you and we all know no one needs a new flux capacitor in their car and if they do i need that car as far as i know there's only been one invented right right um and so the key for him was i said well you know hourly mechanic rate i don't know what it is 50 60 dollars an hour seems pretty reasonable yeah you'd be giving that away and he's like oh well that counts i'm like yeah he goes well that's how i'd be generous so when we talk about generosity i always tell people to think outside the box you know a lot of food drives a lot of volunteer events a lot of walks that's all generous planning and what's interesting is as people feel more secure financially they have a plan they know what's going to happen they are more willing to take some extra time away from work. They're more willing to set up those small automatic deductions. They're more willing, you know, and granted, maybe it's a terrible example because technically buying those Girl Scout cookies, it's going towards a charity. But at the end of the day, you're also getting those Girl Scout cookies. I'm going to rain on that parade for just a second. Did you know you can get basically Girl Scout cookies from Kroger, Uh, which if you don't live in the United States is is a chain of grocery stores but yeah thin mints are called grasshoppers there it's literally the same do you know they're also coming out with girl scout cookie cereal that's the what? best news i've gotten in a long time to be honest with you yeah i read a little article i believe it's uh general mills <laughs> you wrote an article on it really that's all awesome. no red red red, <laughs> oh, red. No, <laughs> no, no no wrote, i was like wow no <laughs> read a, really no, dedicated man to about town here <laughs> no read a little article on, about it I, it might have been a social media piece that's awesome um, huh. but yeah limited time only is my understanding so they're still trying to yeah. capture that appeal limited of, time only until everybody buys them and then it's <laughs> available mass market all year long exactly. and clearly we're making healthy decisions mm-hmm. <laughs> this cereal. (laughs) That's America. So I would say those are the two big items for uh, generosity planning when we look at things. It's one, it doesn't have to be large amounts. Mm -hmm. Uh, Quite often the people that give the most are the middle market, Mm -hmm. not the well-off. Sometimes it's actually even the lower market Hmm. because they're used to receiving. They give and receive and it's a lot more powerful for them. Gotcha. So do you get to how, how does that work, really? If you're building in time and talent to your generous or generosity plan, if you will, 
Like, how does that work in the overall plan for your finances? So the overall plan, what we look at with um, financial generosity, for example, is give now. So that's when you give to your church, you give to your charity, you give to the Red Cross for a disaster. Mm-hmm. Um, give later. A lot of this is legacy planning. It's saying, I'm going to take my retirement accounts and I'm going to leave them to a charity mm-hmm. because while your children or grandchildren may have to pay taxes on that inheritance because it's retirement, a charity doesn't have to pay taxes on that. Mm. So you can leave $100,000 to a charity, it goes as $100,000, mm. where if your family's paying 25% taxes, 25% of that hundred is going to be removed to the IRS, which, mm. you know, I don't think of the federal government as a charity. I don't think they should get more than they need. Um, they need their fair share, and let's keep it there. Mm-hmm. Um and then there's also uh, give and receive, mm-hmm. which um, sometimes when we talk about people in retirement and whatnot, they want to give, but they also still need their money. And that's when we can set up things that so they still have access, they still have availability. And then once again, the remainder can go to charity. And uh, that creates, because the next part of the discussion is, why do we give? Well, some people give from their hearts. Some people give from their wallets because it's a tax deduction. Mm -hmm. Okay. So explain the whole, when is it a good time to start looking at tax deductions? I know as a business owner, I don't give necessarily personally by writing a check because I give everything through my companies because they always itemize and I always get the tax deduction. And that's the big key with generosity planning. Okay. Itemization. Okay. An individual come in a while ago and he said, oh, I really mm-hmm. want to give to my church. I want to do this. He wanted to set up a life insurance policy. And he's like, I'm going to deduct the premium. And I said, great. Do you have your tax return? He gave it to me and I said, you don't itemize. Mm-hmm. When you don't itemize, you can't really effectively write it off. You can still put it as your deductions, but if you're not above the line for that itemization, and this is something you'd have to talk with your CPA about, Mm. you're not going to see the taxable benefit, Mm -hmm. but a lot of people still give anyways. Mm. We're small business owners, we're individuals that do itemize, or if you do give large gifts, you can create a tax deduction And there's even scenarios where maybe you don't need the tax deduction this year, but you can carry it forward into other years. So when you're doing your planning, because the question is, when do you do your generosity planning? I say you do it all the time. Mm -hmm. But most people say, it's the end of the year. I need a write-off. What do I do? Yeah. That's normally how that goes. Um, It's, ooh, we got (laughs) to fix something. Who's getting money this year? (laughs) Right, and I'm a bigger fan of forecasting. I'm a bigger fan of saying what's out there, where can we go, what can we do, what do we think will happen this year, kind of the way, the same way your CPA does it. Mm -hmm. They say, well, based on last year's taxes, as a business owner, this is what I'm going to estimate your payments are this year. And we do the same thing. We say, based on your last year's income and expenses and deductions you're looking for and your goals, because that's what generosity is about. Yeah. Even if you want a tax deduction, you can go buy a new copier and get a tax deduction. True it doesn't that. have to be generosity. And that's where we say, oh, well, you're going to sell one of your properties this year. So you're going to have a gain. Well, maybe we can offset that with a charitable gift. Okay. All right. All right. Very good. Hmm. So... <clears throat> 
when we're thinking about that, what about the time and talent? Does that equate into that tax planning at all? I wouldn't say it necessarily equates into the tax planning. It equates more into the having a strong foundation financial planning. Because like, for example, we're all business owners sitting around the table mm -hmm. and Jen knows she works probably 100 to 100 million <laughs> hours a week, something like that. that that's pretty close, actually. Um, yeah, he, he rounded that. <laughs> while not knowing Ben real well, I'm presuming he probably works like 20 hours a week. <laughs> <laughs> of actual work, probably less. No, that's not true. And so the key difference is... Ben, through financial planning, if he knows he can maintain his lifestyle and his income levels and have what's desired at 20 hours a week, mm -hmm. well, now in a normal work week, he has 40 hours or 20 hours, sorry, to give charitably if he wants. He knows he can step aside and go work at the blood drive. He knows he can step aside and go do these things. He knows he can take a day off work mm -hmm. and go do charitable giving while Jen says... I know what I have to do X, Y, Z, A, B, C to maintain my businesses. I can't necessarily give four or five hours. Now, I think yeah. the ironic thing here is Jen works a million hours a week and gives another million hours a week, <laughs> and she has the longest weeks in the history of the world. Yep. I, I think he's exaggerating a touch. I don't. But, uh, a little. A little bit. A little so. bit. <laughs> but what about, like, pro bono clients? Because, like, I take on certain clients who... I know we'll never ever be able to pay me, but they need help, so we help them because it's the right thing to do. Correct. And that's another huge aspect. That's you know you are secure financially. You know you have time to take for these individuals that maybe I'll get a little, maybe I'll get something. And that's where as professionals we can also look because it just it all comes back full circle when mm. we do stuff mm -hmm. like this it's take care of others you know i think that's what most of us believe in our business i know that's the way you model yours that's Absolutely. the way i model mine is to say i'm not really concerned with your means if you need assistance i'll find a way to give you assistance yeah hmm. all right okay what else should we know about charitable giving and living generous generously Generosity. Generosity. <laughs> I'm just making up words. Uh, that's what I do. <laughs> and around charitable giving, quite often we do a lot of making up words. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, not really. I just trying to help John. <laughs> um, Thanks, John. That was very generous. Very generous. <laughs> I beat you to it. <laughs> <laughs> I so, win. You lose. <laughs> back to who's stingy now. <laughs> so planned giving is really the most powerful. It's when we can say, you know, we're looking for that right off we're looking for that deduction or we're looking to have an estate plan um it's when we're saying okay um you know for example i have a two hundred and fifty thousand dollar ira that i want to give to my kids mm -hmm. that's option one well what a lot of people forget and don't realize is once we hit required distributions that's going to end up getting depleted taxes are going to be paid and whatnot and that's when we can do things like we can write a life insurance policy to leave that legacy using that IRA money. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We can leave that IRA to a charity tax-free, and we can leave life insurance to your children tax-free, effectively increasing your estate and creating more money for others. Um, so planned giving really comes into 
that's where it's most impactful. Spontaneous giving's fine, but usually that's where you hand a dollar to the Red Cross and it becomes a dollar. But when you can hand a dollar and you can give away four or five dollars through other avenues and effects. So what does that look like? Um, like when I think of that, it's setting up an endowment fund or any number of things. Like w what does that kind of look like in real terms? And I'm a little confused by the question. What is well? So, <clears throat> for instance, I I get a lot of little Jewish women. Mm -hmm. What I get um, for estate planning clients, and they are wonderful. Mm -hmm. And they especially want to make sure they have set up their finances so it supports their children and it supports the foundation. Okay. Whatever foundation that is, there's a couple different ones they like to choose. But they also want to have some control, and they want to be able to choose if there's other ones during life, who gets what, um, and they want to take the tax advantage and all of that. So what are ways that they can set that kind of giving up? Okay. So a lot of times when we're establishing that giving, when it's we need to take care of ourselves, we want to take care of family, but we want to take care of a charity at the same time, and we can actually use that tax deduction. What typically needs to happen to get the tax deduction, like if we use life insurance for an example, you know, you take $5,000, you put it in a policy, it creates $10,000, and that's going to a charity. Mm -hmm. Either that charity has to own the policy or an organization that's a 501c3, which it sounds like a charity, but like we work with a company called In Faith quite often. Um, and they do planned giving strategies. So In Faith could own the insurance policy. The beneficiaries of the insurance policy are listed. And then because it's owned by a charity, that's how that becomes your deduction annually. Got it. Okay. So it can't be something you own that's just titled to someone that you want to leave a charity because that's basically because you can change that at any time you know your entire life you can say well this is going to the byron saunders foundation and you know say you're writing it off which you couldn't anyways um and then the day before you die you say never mind it's going to my kids hmm. yeah that's why they make sure it's owned by a charity because that way it's controlled that's why it's a donation at the time gotcha oh okay okay good what other factors, especially for business owners? We have a lot of business owners who um, send us questions from time to time. Um, and, you know, most people don't itemize on their personal taxes, but businesses really all, almost always itemize out their tax what? returns. So if you're advising that business client, what is some advice for them? So the first thing I say to business owners and any clients is go talk to your CPA or let's talk to your CPA. Um, one of the hardest things is we have all these concepts in our brains as professionals, you know, lawyers. It's like you have all this going on up there. You start throwing out legal terms and people just sit at you, look sideways, get curious, and they Big just start smiling. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it happened about 10 o'clock last night with some of my members as I was going over <laughs> a financial plan. They're like, John, this is amazing, but my brain's done. I'm like, okay, well, let's set up another time. So a lot of times having your planner talk to your CPA to say, what room is there for giving? What's, what are we going to do? We have some amazing software we can use where I can actually show um, 
So first, you've got to know who you want to give to. Mm-hmm. That's number one. Typically, it's something we're passionate about. Okay. Individuals that have cancer, they want to give to cancer. Sure. Um, you know, St. Jude is a huge recipient. You know, everyone yeah. knows these names. Mm-hmm. Locally, there's tons of local 501c3s, charities that mm-hmm. are always looking to work for. We work a lot with uh, Byron Saunders Foundation. I also do a lot with, N- well, not a lot, but some with NC4K. So that's Nellie's champions for kids. So yep. kids with cancer and the support of the families. Absolutely. So they're wonderful mm-hmm. to work with. And so the first thing is you've got to find who you're working with. Yeah. You've got to find something you're passionate about. And then the second part is get with your CPA because when we're a business owner, we have to be careful about how we do things. Mm-hmm. Um, because when we do gifts, it needs to be done properly. That's kind of the biggest thing. And that's why one of the things I talk about is when they pass the hat to go to a charity, I don't always normally donate. But quite often what I'll do is afterwards I'll go to the website, I'll donate, and I'll get my charitable receipt. Okay. Right. Because that's a huge part as a business owner. You know, we're always making deductions. We're always, you know, we've got our meals, we've got our expenses, we've got our office expenses, we've got our driving, we have all these things. At the end of the day, you have to have proof for your donations. Right. And that's where when you really talk to a CPA, we're going to come up with this amount. How do I do this gift? Yeah. And um, the other thing is, remember, you can give equipment. It doesn't have to be financial. You can give other things. You know, people do their bags of clothes. Now, granted, yeah. a business probably couldn't do that unless the business had old uniforms and whatnot, probably. Right. Um, this would be a CPA discussion again. You'll notice I talk about CPAs a lot because as a financial professional doing planning, you've got to partner with them. You've got to partner with lawyers to sure. make sure when you do a gift, it fits the plan. Sure. Well, because I know, and I do the same thing, you should really, especially for business owners, but in my opinion, most people should kind of have that team of people, your financial advisor, your attorney, your CPA, and your insurance person. Okay. Mm -hmm. Because that's important because you want to protect what you have. Mm -hmm. That's the insurance component. You want to pay as little in taxes as possible, tax component. And you want to be able to achieve all of your goals through your financial planning, whether that's for retirement, providing for your children after your death, charitable giving. And then the attorney has to draft the documents that make all of that work. Mm -hmm. And if I don't know everybody's strategy, I can wreck shop. Yeah. For instance, I could put a house into an LLC. And if my client doesn't tell their insurance person... Ah, that would be bad. (laughs) That's Mm -hmm. kind of a big deal. Yeah. Um, Same thing if we're moving real estate around, um, putting it into a trust or any number of things. Well, the financial advisor has to retitle how certain accounts are held or beneficiaries. um, Because certain accounts can't be put in the name of a trustee, but they can be paid to a trustee after your death. Um, so those are all various things that we can look at, but I have to talk to everybody. Um, or the client has to do a lot more legwork and could right. miss something. So right. I just think it's best to have your team of professionals always standing behind you. Um, and, you know, you don't want to be talking to your attorney every day. If you're talking to your attorney every day, there's probably a problem. Yep. Um, same thing with your financial advisor. Probably not every day. 
probably at least once a year and more during times when you're doing all your structuring. Same thing, CPA. If you're talking to them every day, we have bigger problems. <laughs> but you got to get all of those people on the same page. Yeah, and that, that's, a, that's a really good point because when we talk about charitable giving, a lot of times it comes into our overall legacy plan. Mm-hmm. It's I'm leaving to my kids, I'm leaving to my grandkids, and I'm leaving to my charities. And uh, when we don't work together as professionals, you know, for example, I have an individual um, wants to leave money to their child that's on assistance, so he's doing it through a trust, which is great planning. It's all above board. It's ready to go. It's all set up. Uh, the problem is his attorney changed the trust for getting that the trust had assets in it. Oh. And so my client's mm-hmm. like, hey, we changed the trust. And I'm like, okay. And I kind of go and I talk and I prepare all the paperwork. And they're like, by the way, this is a taxable transaction because the structure of the trust has been changed in such a way. It creates that. And I'm like, um, and I call the lawyer back and I finally I convinced the client. I'm like, let me talk to your lawyer. Yeah. Right. I'm not cutting you out. Be on the call. Be with us. Sure. But as a professional to professional, there's certain things when I tell him he should get right away yeah. versus you only need this for this conversation for this one hour of your life. Right. Right. And this is a repercussion he created for what I did. No one did anything wrong. Everyone right. thought they were doing the best. Um, but then the other example is uh, I have a member that myself, the CPA, and the lawyer are all on the same page. And I say, hey, we're going to do this, this, and this, I think. And he goes, sounds good. What do I need? And I said, you need to tell Amy that she can talk to me, your CPA. Mm-hmm. And he's like, okay. And then I call Amy. I'm like, we're going to do this, 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 and this. What are your objections? What do you see? What's your opportunity? What do you want to do? How does it work? And with charitable giving, that can be a big part of it. Yeah. Um, getting spouses involved on charitable giving. Because oh, a yeah. lot of times we're small business owners. While we own a business, it's in our name, but really it's our own assets as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, making sure our spouse is on the same page, the charity's on the same page, and our heirs are on the same page. Um, because if I have children that find out that we're going to leave a million-dollar retirement account or we're going to give away $300,000, it's just going to be gifted, Yeah, the kids get really upset, and then we say, well, we created $400,000 for you to inherit tax-free, or we created $1.3 million for you to inherit tax-free. Right. They're like, oh, never mind, I'm okay. <laughs> but sometimes that plan is not properly communicated. Right. And that's a very important thing, especially when you get into some of that bigger planning. Because generally, I don't think the kids need to know what your estate plan is, except (laughs) when you're doing something like this, that if they don't understand it, um, they can challenge it. Or another attorney I know um, represented a lady, and she had a trust, and she had 30 pieces of real estate. And she had no children, so she left all of her siblings a couple pieces of property, plus some of her nieces and nephews. Now, some of these properties had mortgages on them. So they didn't understand that you still have to pay the mortgage or you have to sell the house to pay it off. Yeah. And you don't necessarily have to refinance, but you have to pay the mortgage, even though this was communicated they didn't understand and they felt like the estate was stealing money from them. And it's like, no, yeah. the estate's the doing what this lady planned, but it was a communication issue. Right. So had we sat everyone down at the beginning and said, okay, here's what the game plan is. Right. 
Now, when you say at no the beginning, drama. I mean, is you mean like when you're actually planning everything or like when it's... Depends on the situation. Because if you're talking um, like inheritance, I kind of figure that that conversation won't happen until probably... After death. Yeah, or late in the game, I right. guess. But, for instance, in this situation, had they all understood... From the get-go. From the get-go, it would have been better. Yeah, yeah. Or if you're, like, with John's example of charitable giving, where, yeah, you're giving $300,000 to a charity, which is a lot of money. Sure. But if you do it right, it actually gains more money tax-free for the kids. Right. But mm-hmm. they just see $300,000 going to a charity. Yeah. Well, they don't understand that it's part of this bigger plan. They just see basic numbers. Right. And it's very technical, and it can get very confusing. So it's better to just, you know, sit everyone down, or I have a farmer family, and there's five kids, and mom and dad are very specific. Yeah. Well, okay, let's make sure everybody's on the same page, because there's a lot of assets moving around here. Yeah. And they should know what's going on, because, you know, the kid who's always farmed the farm isn't getting the farm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Better talk to him about that now because yeah. if not, lawsuit later because yeah. then they're suing the family because, you know, they were always promised the farm. Right. Yep. And so, that happens after a death or something like that. Everyone's emotions are high and all that other right. stuff. So, and it you know. tears families apart, unfortunately. Yeah. And that's, yeah. yeah. So avoid that. So good communication is helpful. And I can kind of give a brief example of some of the giving strategies um, that are out there. So... This is kind of an example of a Thrivent member, and so uh, basically um, a couple donated their farmland to a charitable remainder trust. Okay, so we talk about some of the specific strategies. Um, and by doing so, they got a very nice income tax deduction because they donated a farm. Um, eventually the land was sold, and it was uh, free of all capital gains. So that's kind of a nice thing. So mm-hmm. right there, they saved some taxes. They got mm-hmm. a deduction. The charity didn't have to pay capital gains taxes. The couple received quarterly income payments, which they used to pay their long-term care insurance and a life insurance contract insuring their joint lives, which will provide the children with income tax-free proceeds when they die. Hmm. When they both pass away, so they've had money to protect their assets through long-term care, they've got a life insurance to leave a legacy, they've got income, they got a tax deduction for doing all this. Mm-hmm. And then when they both die, the remainder of the trust will go into what's called a donor advised fund. And then from there, that fund, and this is, you think you mentioned the word endowment, which right. is what confused me earlier. A lot of, you know, we talk about endowments all the time. Donor advised fund. So Silly a, lawyers don't know the difference. A donor <laughs> advised fund, and this will give to numerous charities that the family set up. And it can do it in a programmed amount, X amount for 10 years till it's dispersed. It can do it forever. Mm-hmm. So that's an example of some of the charitable giving. And uh, one of the jokes I always kind of talk about is I say, so you got a deduction. It was sold without taxes. You got income. You protected everything. You gave your kids money, and then you continue to give to charity. Jen, is that legal? <laughs> it is. <laughs> It it's almost sounds too good to be true. Yeah, I mean, that's that's one of the things I was going to bring up is like all of this is indeed above board. I mean, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's it's the, these law, we talked about taxes a little bit recently, mm-hmm. and it's like 
at a first blush, you might think this is like this is gaming the system, or it's it's a loophole thing, or something like that. It's not. This no. is the system is set up like this. It hasn't been changed. Well, I'm sure it's changed right. fairly regularly, but I mean, you know, it's designed to work like this. Right. But see, the wealthiest people in our country use advisors, attorneys, accountants, financial advisors to do this kind of planning to keep the wealth in the family while being seen as benevolent. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. But everybody can do this. Yeah. As long as you build the right team and you are open and honest about your goals, you can do this too. Yeah. Which really benefits the family and helps you grow that wealth for much longer. Yeah. And I think the key comes into if you want to do it, talk to somebody. Yes. You know, we yeah. talk about a lot of people get scared of, well, I don't have enough money to see a financial professional. I don't have enough money to see a lawyer. Um, a lot of us cost a lot less than what people would anticipate. Mm -hmm. But ironically, they also get to do a lot more with their money which means typically the costs that were paid save them in the future. I know the best example I have is someone says, oh, well, a trust costs $6,000. I don't want to do that. Yeah. And lawyer lawyer goes, well, this trust will probably save you $35,000. Hmm. So yeah. all these strategies, while there may be costs associated, and there may not either. It just right. depends so, on your relationship yeah. with the professionals right. in the long run. We're making your dollars count for more. Yeah. We're making everything you do more powerful. Yeah. And really the only thing that holds people back is that fear of having the conversation. Um, and that's really how it starts. It's a conversation because these strategies are not right for everybody. Right. But ironically, they're right for way more people than actually use them. People yeah. get scared. They say, well, I don't have... A quarter of a million dollars I don't need a financial professional yes, no you when you graduate college you should start talking to someone about your future before you graduate college if you're in the workforce you should be talking to a professional because these charitable giving strategies are to also aren't typically developed overnight yes we have people that walk in and say I want to give charitably right that's not common Right. Typically what happens is we, through financial planning, eventually we say, hey, do you realize you may have a surplus? Mm -hmm. um, you may have excess. You may have stuff you want to give. And they say, oh, that's a good point. How do I do that? And from there, those conversations continue to develop. Absolutely. So just like everything, a small investment of time or money up front generally saves on the back end. Just like when you hire a contractor, when you do good planning with an attorney, financial advisor, accountant, a small investment up front saves you on the backside. Yep. Always cheaper to do it up front than to fix the problems later. Yep. So I good. can attest to that, actually. I wish I had gotten into the financial planning thing after I got out of college. Oh, yeah. yeah. Me too. I oh, really, well. In hindsight, 2020 and all that stuff. But, yeah, it, it's... It, makes a big difference so yeah. absolutely so john thanks for coming in say i'm looking forward to ben's lawyer joke of the week but first we have our weekly housekeeping if you would like to follow us on social media you can find us on facebook that is our primary landing page where you can comment get news suggest topics ask questions all of that good stuff if you are already following us thank you we love you 
You can also follow Boxland Media on Facebook as well. We do lots of things up to and including putting out the fine print with Attorney Jen Route every week. Uh, if you want to follow me on uh, social media, I am at the Almighty Ben on Twitter. I'm available on Facebook, but I probably won't pay attention to you unless I know you. Uh, and uh, Jen is definitely not on Twitter. John, are you on Twitter? I am not on Twitter. I am on Facebook and LinkedIn. Okay. So you can right. follow us, see some of our general planning strategies. And what is the best website to reach you and your firm at? The best way to reach us is you can either go through our Facebook page, Thrivent Financial Jonathan Grolo, or the Grove City office in Columbus, Ohio, or you can also go through Thrivent Financial's corporate page, search for a representative, search for me. Um, if you use the zip code 43125, we are the closest. Okay. But I also do have a quick disclosure, being yep. a professional. Yep, as disclose a away. <laughs> as a financial representative, I can't dispense legal or tax advice. You'll want to consult your attorney or tax preparer to mm -hmm. determine the best fit for your individual situation. Good to know. Good right. to know. Excellent. And just real quick, how do you spell your last name so people can find you? Last name is spelled G-R-O-L-E-A-U. All right. And Perfect. no one will ever spell it right, but we'll put a link. Don't worry. We'll, we'll, there we we'll go. make sure it's in there. <laughs> All right. Good. If you are new to the show, welcome. We hope you come back. And if you like the show, we would really appreciate it. If you could take a few minutes out of your very busy day, head over to iTunes and give us a nice rating and review us. It helps us with our visibility on the world's largest podcast repository. And finally, we'd like to thank you, all of our listeners, for sticking with us. We really appreciate it. Thank you. It's awesome. We love hearing from you. We love getting questions and, and bringing guests like John in to, uh, to keep keep the show rolling so thank you for tuning in and uh remember sharing is caring if it is uh something if you like the show if you've gotten some benefit out of it please forward it on and be generous yes be Aww. generous isn't that nice yeah. yeah jen would you like to hear this week's lawyer joke of the week oh i can't wait i know right okay so the attorney tells the accused i have some good news and some bad news well what's the bad news the bad news is your blood is all over the crime scene and the dna test proves you did it well, what's the good news? Your cholesterol is 130. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little bit longer this time rather than a question and answer. But, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, until so next sad. week, I'm Ben Needenthal. And I'm Attorney Jen Rout, thanking again our guest, John Grolo, and saying ignorance of the law excuses no man from following it. <laughs> All right, folks. <laughs> we'll Thank see you, you next time. This program is meant to be informative in nature does not constitute actual legal advice or form an attorney-client relationship in any way. Views and opinions stated in this program are solely the views and opinions of the speaker. Each situation is different. Always consult an attorney in your state to analyze your specific legal needs. This program may change your views of attorneys in general, as they are not what they seem on TV. I mean, seriously, could the main character in Suits actually exist in real life? Boxland Media. Think big.